It's been six wonderful weeks, four fabulous days, and seven precious hours. And to make it absolutely clear, one flawless boyfriend. Bridget, what on earth are you doing? Getting dressed. Are you dancing around in that tent? I don't want you to see any of my wobbly bits. Because I haven't have a very high regard for your wobbly bits. Really? You are listening to Don't Be That Guy, Got a Sequel Remix. This is episode uh, 200 and, sorry, 391. I'm Marquis Mike. We're going to heat it up in here. It's it's getting warm. Heating it up. Yeah. Hot mic, hot weather. I mean, hot microphone, not hot me. Right. Oh, okay. Hot mic. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's hot mic summer. That's right. That's right. As, as yeah, everybody, everybody's acknowledged. Yeah. It's, uh, I went outside last week at some point when it was like those, like, high 90 days mm-hmm. and hey you're out on the lake you know you're doing your thing that's fun but man when you just need to go get dog food i said that sounds like this is miserable this isn't fun <laughs> like <laughs> i i've been riding my bike to work yeah and i think it was one of those and people are probably are gonna listen to me like these wimps sure. like it was like in 98 yeah the hottest and you know down other places are in the hundreds hey whatever. they don't get but, to hey, gatekeep yeah. Me feeling uncomfortable. Listen, we're not in Phoenix. We're sorry, exactly. Sorry, Phoenix. I'm sorry. used to a yeah. certain level of temperature in the summer. Sorry, Vegas. Yeah. But yeah, we had a 98 degree day or whatever. A couple of them string together. And yeah, I rode my bike to work in the morning. It's like 62 in the morning. I'm like, ah, oh, comfortable. Coming home though, prime heat. I got back. It was like I took a shower. I was so oh. sweaty. And I don't have like a majestically long bike ride right it's seven miles yeah not all uphill some uphill definitely headwind most of the time though yeah but that day was brutal for all your arizona listeners you guys don't even bike rides you don't even yeah yeah you don't do anything you're down who's the whips you ever look in google maps at phoenix everyone's got a fucking swimming pool in their backyard yeah so shut the fuck up and go swimming phoenix yeah no one owns a pool here. Get in your fucking... Get in your goddamn pools. Mo- I have two neighbors that have swimming pools. Uh, my behind neighbors got a swimming pool. Yeah. My, my side neighbors got a swimming pool. Above ground. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. They put them up in the summer. Yeah. They take them out and learn. Yep, the above ground. We're in the hottest weekend we had, and I, I didn't see anyone in their pool. Mm. Why are you guys filling these things up at all? Yeah. One neighbor in general, I've seen them use it three times all summer. If I had a pool in the summertime, I would just, I would work out there. Yeah. I'd set up the, set up the laptop right there on the edge and just en- enjoy my pool. Yeah, and you know, if you got your team's meeting, whatever, you put a filter on, they think you're in... Oh, yeah, you put that background? Yeah. yeah. I'm in my office. Yeah. <laughs> Dress shirt, it's soaked from the <laughs> fourth button down. Yeah, your tie is starting to to to, to draw water up. Yeah. It's like wicking water up. Like, your tie's what? Don't worry about it. Yeah. Uh, well, been staying indoors. What have you been watching? Oh man, yo, I got a list here, and you're gonna sense a theme. Okay. Um, from the first movie I list, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go. Cash and trash. Sure. Quickly through these, I am going to pause on one okay. for a little added discussion. 1996, Mission Impossible. Okay. Cash. Yeah. 2000, Mission Impossible 2. Trash. Okay. Possibly one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. 2006, 
Mission Impossible 3. Cash. Okay. 2011. Mission Impossible. Ghost Protocol. Cash. 2000. Vertical Limit. Bill Paxton. Chris O'Donnell. Yeah. I, <laughs> I want to say cash, but I got to say trash. Sure. With that opening scene. <laughs> you, you cut that rope. <laughs> I had not seen this since high I remember in 2000, that's when I graduated high school. Sure. I'm pretty sure it came out the summer after I graduated. I remember going to see this in the drive-in movie theater with some with with my friends. And getting out of that thinking, you know what? Pretty good little movie there. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I'm gonna revisit this. Been twenty three years since I've seen it. Like Chris O'Donnell. I love Bill Paxton, one of my all time favorites. And frankly, Bill Paxton's badass in it. He yeah. owns it. But but man, uh, it's I'm sad to say it's trash. It's trash. It, 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 not the superior rock climbing, mountain no, climbing movie. No, and I don't know anything about rock climbing. No. I'd, I'd like to know somebody who knows something about... It's not really rock climbing, it's a mountain climbing. Yeah, which mountain is different. Climbing, yeah. It's different, even though they start off rock climbing. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, oh, Scott Glenn's great in it. Yeah. Scott Glenn's good in it as that grizzled climber. Mm-hmm. But I'd like to... I'd like to talk to someone briefly, not really get into a long conversation, maybe yeah. just a, a quick respite over a beer of what they think of it. Of sure. Climbing and, and See, that's going to be tough. you got to find, you got to find, one, you got to find a, a, rock, a mountain, mountain climber. Mountain climber, yeah. But then two, you got to find a, a mountain climber that's seen vertical limit. I yeah. feel like there was like a Venn diagram of like, guys who mountain climb, guys who have seen like, kind of trash movies from the late 90s early 2000s it's a small where they it's say. a sliver it's a small because you can imagine finding that guy he's like lap. I don't know I don't know TV Kimosabe I'm out there on the mountains and it's like free, my, free solo yeah <laughs> those are my only movies I see I have my mind movies it's like yeah but you know Chris O'Donnell Scott Glenn I visualized the cliffside baby yeah uh, so yeah you gotta find that guy <laughs> okay uh 2015, Mission Impossible, Rogue Nation, Super Cash, new, new, new uh, category, Super Cash. Oh wait, did you get Ghost Protocol? Uh, I did. Yeah, 2011. Yeah, okay. yeah, you threw me off with the vertical limit. Okay, okay. So yeah, now I wrote Rogue yeah, Nation. yeah. Through the vertical limit it is like the uh, the MI break. To to clarify, the previous Mission Impossible's outside the two were all Cash, Rogue Nation, Super Cash, Super Cash. Okay, Fallout. Mission Impossible 2018. Mission Impossible Fallout. Super, super cash. Okay. Okay. So, three was the reinvention of Ethan Hunt. Tom Cruise as Ethan Hunt. Sure. Right? You kind of got to almost like... You got to separate one, almost, as its own entity... Right. They didn't know what they had. Yeah. They were just making a movie. They were making a movie based off a television show. Two, one of the worst movies of all time. I mean, it was... I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it, how bad it was. I hadn't rewatched it so long. I'm like, I cannot... It is so bad. I don't even remember a couple months ago, I had started... I was like, oh, I'm going to rewatch all my Mission Impossibles. I got to two. It broke you. I broke... I never went to three. Three's good. Three's good. Reinvents it. Ghost Protocol, like, really develops, like, the team. 
Rogue Nation introduces the syndicate. Fallout continues the syndicate. Okay. Super, super cash. Just because they're so great. And then, yep, as you guessed, got to the theater. Dead Reckoning. Part one. Holy shit. Cannot wait for two. Part two of Dead Reckoning. Is this super, super, super cash? I'm gonna wait till two comes out, okay? Because I'm gonna, I might consider them one movie. Yeah, and unbelievable! Like it, it is above. They really, they, they just keep building, and they've just gotten so much better. And then this one is a masterpiece, and I, I don't cry, Mark, but I, there's some real emotional shit going on, and wow, what a fucking film. oh man. If you say that there was some emotional shit, because I am a crier, so that's almost scary. If it got to Mike, I'm guaranteed to just stop this three-hour mission. Take some Kleenex, bro. Right. Um, yeah, absolutely loved it. Um, mission Impossible 7, Dead Reckoning 2. Or 1. Dead Reckoning. Yeah. Well, they dropped, I, the, I, they dropped, they dropped the, numbers. the numbers. I like to add them. Because, uh, you know, you started 1, 2, 3. You can't just, you can't stop. I don't. You started it. Next year. Mission Impossible 8, you, Dead Reckoning 2. You kind of almost wish that they would have dropped the 3 and started that one with a subtitle. Mm. That way we could absolutely just forget about Mission Impossible 2. I do kind of feel like, because then, I feel like online people do lump... It's almost like there's like the two... There's like... I feel... It seems like there's like the, the, the separation is with uh, Ghost Protocol. Like Ghost Protocol started like this new Mission Impossible. You're saying it's three is kind of where they rediscovered. To me, it's 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 three. Yeah, it's where they found their footing again. Yeah, and they brought in some like comedy. Yeah, if you will. Um. So three to me is the real reinvention, yeah. and if, I mean if they knew that they were good, if they knew four was gonna be called Ghost Protocol, which is like. Um, we don't, you know, maybe we get there if we ever do it for the show. We can name the name them or rank the naming convention. Ghost Protocol is one of the coolest col after the colon, you know, sub names of any movie. If they knew, if they, if they had a crystal ball, they should have just started that with two Mission Impossible, then Mission Impossible, John Woo's Birds, three. You know, come up with something, and then you can then you just it's it. it's a tough one too. I mean, I, I think the thing is with with Mission Impossible Two was so bad, yeah. and then I I feel like if three hadn't been as good, that would have been the end of it. That would have been the end of the franchise, right? And but they brought in the big they 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 brought in the big fixer, right? They brought in J.J. Abrams, and he did fix it, uh, and they and I think they because they called it three. I, I yeah, I think they had to call it three because it was this planned franchise thing. But I think three is where they should have changed, got off the Roman numerals. Yeah. But I'm not like you. I'm not calling Ghost Protocol four Mission Impossible four, even though I bought all of them on Amazon Prime Video, and uh -huh. they are they are Mission Impossible one, two, three, four, five, six. I don't know Catch if you can see it. If you can pick them out there on the third shelf, so I have. Am I one or am I? Am I two? Am I three? Right, red, yeah. yellow, blue. I want. I was like, okay, I already had the three. I wanted the next three. 
because they have they have the the Blu-ray cases where it says MI4 Ghost Protocol MI5 Rogue Nation. They had those and they continue like this like color, and they weren't available. And so I had to get the ones that said Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. But there are there are as I said, on Amazon Prime they say four, five, six, and they released DVDs and steel books and everything that say four, five, six on them. Yeah, I mean, I think it really just comes down to the the distributor. Yeah, well, yeah. Which version did you get? Yeah. But yeah, I mean, when, when it comes up, it just said, "Oh, I, th- there must be a title card somewhere in the movie that just says Ghost Protocol." Yeah, they don't. Yeah, after three. Oh, they, because Mission Impossible. Yeah, they they don't do like. I mean, they do the cold open, but they have an extensive um, credit sequence. Yeah, they in have, the beginning. They, yeah, they have. They basically show you. They that's their their theme. Is they yeah. show you the whole mo- the whole movie in the credits. Yeah. And yeah, they they yeah they dropped the numbers mm. with Ghost Protocol. Yeah. Uh, was this the one you wanted to have a long extension of, or was it vertical? It was vertical in a minute. That was the one you wanted the conversation with? Yeah, I was just going to like that, because yeah. I knew I had more to say than Capture Trash. Yeah. <laughs> vertical limit. <laughs> <laughs> I watched I, it. I was like, I got done. I was like, I can't believe I just watched that. You wanted to take a Mission Impossible break, but you still wanted to see people like doing some adventuring. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, so we have so we have our first super cash. We have our first super super cash, and we have a let's wait and see. Let's wait. Let's wait and see. Until it's, a, it's at least super cash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, other than uh, what we did to, for the show, that that was it. Uh, that's a lot of hours of movie. Yeah, it's um, a lot of Mission Impossible's and and awesome and Love and, and and Mission Impossible Seven Part One is the longest of them all, right? It's two hours and 43 minutes. I saw it on a Monday night. Oh, I got you beat. 6.45 showtime. I have some complaints about (laughs) showtimes. We'll get into my... I have a feeling you you did the Barbieheimer thing. I did. I did Barbieheimer. Okay, let's start with it. Let's start with Barbieheimer. Two, I both cash. I enjoyed both these movies. They're great summer movies in different ways. Barbie, I saw on my very first drive-in theater. Okay. Fun, a little overrated. I'm happy for you, man. I love drive-ins. Oh, man. The picture quality's terrible. It's the picture the quality. Sound, the sound's yeah. never synced up right. Yeah. We were kind of far away, too. You walk, like, two blocks to the bathroom. Yeah. Uh, so, we, yeah, we, we were able to get all the concessions back to 10 o'clock at night when it gets dark. Yeah. Uh, th- and thankfully, Barbie was an hour and forty minutes. So uh, thanks to Barbie, yeah, I, I I like Barbie. It was fun. It was silly. Um, it here couple positive practical effects. Like it takes place in Barbie Land, and I was like, man, even on even in this drive-through screen where I'm looking through my windshield, that's like, th- yeah, you can just tell when a set CGI when it's all adventurified or when it's like. Damn! Somebody built Barbie's dream mansion, and actors are actually walking around inside yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and Ryan Gosling's great, and I think Ryan Gosling, I'd like him to do more comedy. Everyone he's, says that he's so good at like. Yeah. He's got like from just like the nice guys and this. I don't know if there's other more, but like he he has he's just got he's, he's got comedy chops. Yeah, and he's kind of funny. And remember the Titans? Yes. Yeah. You know, like as as the guy who just gave up his position because he didn't want to. Like, why doesn't anyone listen? Like, maybe he's listening now because people have been saying, "Yeah, people's been saying it for a while." I know we've talked about it. Oh, I think he's listening to the show. No, like we we've talked about like the nice guys and like he should he is so good in comedy. He should do comedy 
So maybe he's doing that now yeah. and realizing he's never going to get an Oscar because he's not that good of an actor. He needs to do funny shit. Yeah. It is because all his Oscar roles. I don't know because he always kind of plays like I think of like uh, First Man. God damn, I did like Blade Runner. I do like him in this series. No, shit, I, I I love. Uh, so you know we're talking like uh, dry, uh, Driver, dry, Driver, Beyond the Pines, Place Beyond the Pines, uh, and then like Blade Runner f- and First Man, which I also really like. He's kind of doing, but his serious roles, he always has to be like. The, a man of few words. Yeah, creepy. And it's just like, yeah, it's like, well, you're not gonna win because you got you gotta give a good, you gotta give a big speech. You gotta have a monologue, and you gotta play like a historical figure, and you know, put on some weight or something. <laughs> you know, go gain eighty pounds, play, uh, you know, uh, yeah. uh, Taft, President Taft, <laughs> win your Oscar. <laughs> uh, yeah, but he 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 was very he's he's good in this uh, playing a kid doll. I was like, man. Yeah, you nailed it. You you are a living Ken doll. Uh, so, yeah, I, I liked I liked Barbie, and then I did see Oppenheimer on a Monday night, and the only showing that worked with unless I wanted to dip out of work early, seven thirty was no excuse me, no yeah seven was it seven yeah seven thirty start time, and so I got home about eleven fifteen on a Monday. <laughs> I, I you did beat me. You do, you do have me beat. What I got home at 10. Three hours and 10 minutes is the movie. I show up five minutes after 7.30, so I'm like, you know, I went by myself. I took myself out to dinner. And I was like, I was like, oh, yeah, there's going to be 15 minutes of preview. I go up to the thing. I got my popcorn. Guy behind the counter goes, what do you see? And I say, Oppenheimer. He goes, oh, how is it so far? I was like, oh, it doesn't start yet. But I figure I had like 10 minutes preview. He goes, 25. And so I, I sit down. I get I still catch three previews. I look at the movie starts. I always like to check my watch, but like okay, where are we at? Just so you know, in case I get bored, I can check my watch. Like okay, I got an hour left in this. Uh, he was kid nailed it. It started at seven fifty five, uh, three hours ten minutes. That movie is so good. <laughs> I I I got out of Barbie. And I was like, man, that's what I'm talking about. Hour forty minutes, fun. Let's just laugh. Let's just be silly. I'm tired of this, like, now I'm going to watch this three-hour serious movie. I knew I was going to like it. I was like, am I going to love it? I loved it. This, I don't want too many recent bias. I will kind of go back maybe in a couple years and do, like, my Nolan retrospect. But this might be my favorite Chris Nolan movie. Um, every act, like, it's just actors, you know, like, big-name movie stars in a summer blockbuster. Visually, it looks so, you know, it's Chris Nolan, so you know it's visually going to look so cool. But he really nails also then, like, the human aspect of the movie and it, it's just thrilling even though you know it's just it's nerds doing a science project sure. it makes it so thrilling <laughs> uh, yeah so you were you were victim to this the Barbenheimer effect that all these theaters are staggering these times because the Barbenheimer thing is real this back to back thing that started on Twitter or whatever yeah and you were victim to that because you didn't want to back to back them no, I, yeah. You, you saw them on separate nights. On I Sunday. saw them on separate nights. Yeah. And so, you because of that, yeah. you had to wait till 8 o'clock to start a three-hour movie. Yeah. Well, plus it's also a three-hour movie, so it's... You... The way... It was like 4... What was it? It was... Yeah, it was like 4.15. And I was like, okay, so I have to... So I'd have to leave work early. Mm-hmm. Or 7.30. And I was like, man, you... We gotta start... But even... I wasn't fully committed to seeing Oppenheimer that night. I knew I wanted to see Oppenheimer, but 
if there was a showing of Mission Impossible that was sooner, if they had, if there was a six thirty showing of Mission Impossible at the theater I go to, I would have seen that. But there wasn't, so I was like, all right, well, I'm then okay, I'm gonna see Oppenheimer, and I'm just, yeah. it's just gonna be a late night. Just, um, I gotta tell you, I didn't need caffeine in my drink because that movie. It, <laughs> I got home, and I was like, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta sit up. I sat up for like an hour, just like <laughs> thinking about Oppenheimer. You know, <laughs> uh, yeah, this. Um, this this is a good one. Uh, well, when you saw Barbie and the Drive-In, was it a double feature? It was. What was I, the other movie? Spider Verse. Okay. Yeah, but that would have been. Did you watch it? No, we left. Oh, uh, gotcha. Yeah, because Barbie. They said nine thirty. Yeah, it probably started about nine forty-five. They started Barbie, uh, and so it was already like so. You know, now we're eleven thirty. Pretty much when it was over, and I know Spider Verse was like two fifteen. And, and then they have an intermission. So I was like, man, yeah, we're not going to get home till 2. And we were visiting someone, so we, we would yeah, have to roll into their house at 2. And then yeah, and then out. drive back home, yeah. you know, six hours the next day. So uh, skip Spider-Verse. Um, I think other than, like, I, I've done a lot of driving moves because we had one where I went to high school. Mm. And so that, that summer getting home at 1, 2, yeah. we did that all the time. Other than that, I think the latest movie thing I ever did, I started... And I used to go to late night movie. That was my thing. I loved going to the latest movie I could. Yeah. When I would stay up till like sure. two in the morning playing Xbox anyway. Yeah. But I did. It was like a ten fifteen movie for There Will Be Blood. That was crazy. Yeah. The craziest thing is getting out of that movie theater, going out onto the street downtown, and bars are letting out. Yeah. That. <laughs> I, saw, I think the latest I ever started a movie was like 11. I, I saw 11 something showing and it was Benjamin Button, which is like three hours. Yeah. Oh. And that yeah. was, so you get out of that and I, you know, this was, this was here and uh, it was downtown. So, so you get out and you go to the parking garage where you're the only car. <laughs> yes. Like, that, it's just a weird feeling to me. It's 3 a.m. I'm not supposed to be here. Yeah. You could probably have just driven out and not paid. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> if I could have done that. Um, yeah. Yeah. The Barbenheimer, you know, the, like that whole Twitter thing, it worked though because when I was curious, um, like, there are two movies that don't seem like they're a double feature, but uh, I think the thing people were excited about is like, okay, it's it's Christopher Nolan, it's Greta Gerwig on the same day, mm-hmm. like, it just, and to me, it's just like, there was like a little bit of excitement for myself of being like, yeah, man, after, it just feels like it's been a while. Where there's like a lot of excitement about going to the movie theaters. It hasn't been since Maverick, right? Yeah, and then Mission yeah. Impossible two just the week before. Um, I had signed back up for my uh, for the Regal Pass because I I just canceled it. I was like I haven't been, but now I'm looking. I was like, those are three movies right there. I want to see. I want to see in the theater. And then you know who knows you know and then the summertime was like okay now I'll just pay this twenty bucks. Yeah, I will go see the Meg now. Like yeah. because of this like kind of exciting build to like oh here's this one weekend. There's two movies you can go see and. So I got out at 11. The Barbie movie was getting out at the same time. That was packed still. Yeah. On a Monday night. there was I was going down the escalator, and there's just like a group of like teen girls getting out, like talking about like how how great Barbie was. They're like, oh, I'm going to, yeah, I want to go back, or I want to take my brother like to this. I think he'll enjoy it. And yeah. like, all these people. And, it, it's, and people come. And Oppenheimer was packed on a Monday. It, like, was, it was fun. Yeah. Like we went to downtown for the movie to find the time we wanted, and we went downtown and. I was like, Monday night, not going to be a big deal. Yeah. I mean, Dead Reckoning was packed, was, mm-hmm. was sold out. And just the crowds there, all, all these 
girls and moms dressed head to toe in pink. Yeah. Um, yeah, we saw so much. It I was just pink. really co- and a line at the concession stand. Mm-hmm. Like it was just, it felt good. It, it felt good to see the theater alive again. Yeah, and I, I hope that this carries. But now that we have the double strike, right? Like, hit with a lull again. Yeah, because you can't even like they can't. You don't. Uh, I mean, the move, the schedule's still the schedule, but yeah, like uh, like. Writers and actors can't go promote their stuff now. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I, you're talking that buzz of like. It's so sad that you know maybe we're we're getting back because I mean I, I love the experience. Yeah. Um, except for you know the, the morons on their cell phones in the movies, which we still just can't seem to shake for oh, some reason. Oppenheimer. It was like yeah, I mean, it was, it was hour. You know, it was two hours thirty minutes. And then the guy next to me t- texting. I'm like, bro, it's it's ten forty five at night. Like, who, who yeah, who are you texting? But, but yeah, other than that kind of, like, you love the, uh, that's why I like the theater atmosphere. Mm-hmm. I love going to the theater. I know, like, everything's just streaming in two weeks, and people are always like, oh, I'll just wait to stream. I'm like, well, I want to go yeah. to see it on the big screen. So that's cool if you just want to watch it home. I don't care. Sure. Yeah. And then, you know, you so, like, Barbie was Warner Brothers. So, like, that's going to hit HBO Max. Yeah. Although, now you're here in studios, so Guardians, I read a thing where it's going, it's coming to Disney Plus, you know, it's a Disney movie, and they have the, the streaming service. This will now, they're holding it off. It will be 80 days before it actually hits streaming, which is now the longest time they've held a movie back um, since, you know, they were putting stuff on streaming. Yeah, and they, they should do go. that. Right. And, but like Warner Bros., it was like 30 days. That's what it was. It was, okay, movie's coming out. Well, two years ago, it was same day. You know, you can catch it on HBO Max or go see it in the theaters. Then it was like, all right, now 30 days. I'm curious with Barbie and how successful it was it's opening weekend. You know, it made over $100 million. Do they now start to say, we're going to push it back 45 days, 60 days, and then Oppenheimer's a universal movie? So I don't, I don't know what their streaming situation is. But, yeah. uh, oh, no, that's Paramount. Yeah, so that, no, no, that's Peacock is universal. Mm-hmm. They are also very quick to put movies on streamer. I think they also do like 20, 30 days, and this is a movie where I'm like, do they push this out because they, they're seeing it's making money in here? Yeah, I mean, I feel like the theater has more potential to make money than yeah. selling. I mean, the whole point of getting to streaming is to sell subscriptions. But more and more, you hear people like cutting back on their subscriptions. I feel like there's more money-making potential in the theater yeah. than selling subscriptions to services. If people will go. And it seems like, yeah. you know, and now it seems that people are going. This, this was the most successful box office weekend uh, since Spider-Man No Way Home, whatever that was. So that was like two years ago that came out. And, you know, and that was the biggest since, you know, before COVID. So, yeah, yeah like, and, and this isn't just one movie. This is a combination of three movies. And, uh, I mean, Maverick was fourth, or not Maverick, uh, Dead Reckon was fourth this weekend. That Sound of Silence, you know, thriller mm-hmm. type movie, that was third. So it's like, it's nice to see that it's not just one event. It's not just like Maverick was great, but everyone just went for Maverick. This and that is, was the only move. That was the only choice. Only choice. Yeah. yeah. This is well. You got two big releases. You got a movie that's been out for just two weeks. So you know maybe you waited to go see that, and then you got this like smaller movie that people still want to go. It seems exciting enough for people to actually want to go see. Yeah. I will say I almost didn't go to Oppenheimer. Uh, Regal does their mystery movie Monday. I've never done it, but it started at seven, and I was like, Ooh, do I go do yeah. it? Yeah. And so I almost did it, and I was like, oh, wait, 
someone must have seen like it's the same movie across all regals so someone must have seen it so I went to Reddit and it was Gran Turismo and I was like I'll go see Oppenheimer <laughs> I'll go see I, I'll still judge movies and be like I don't want to go see Gran Turismo yeah, I want to see a video game movie I'll, I'll, I'll see it later yeah yeah I because uh, I was looking at Regal too because I got the pass and yeah. we were booked up all weekend I'm like we had to go Monday and I was like the un, un yeah the only Monday time for Dead Reckoning was four in the afternoon yeah. or something. It was weird. And I'm like, yeah, we got the Barbie Oppenheimer thing going on and their Monday movie thing. I'm like, oh, we got to go downtown. Yeah. Just Gran Turismo. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, eh, no. But now I know I can look ahead of time. I like David Harbour. Because if it's like, oh, it's $5 and maybe I can, maybe, oh, hey, maybe, maybe next Monday it's the, the Meg 2. Ooh. And, yeah, comes, and I was like, oh. Yes. Yeah. So I, can I use my pat or use my five, five bucks? They'll see, you know, two weeks early or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Barbenheimer, it was successful. I enjoyed them both. Uh, check them out. If this conversation has spurred you to go see a movie in theater, Oppenheimer on the big screen. I mean, it's three hours, but... Did you watch anything else? We were talking I about... saw a ton. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to speed through these next ones. It's 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 Barbenheimer. It's the biggest event. We, you know, we had to spend some time. It's it's the vertical limits of 2023. <laughs> we we got we to talk about it. Uh, okay, really quickly. 1989, The Burbs. I, that's one of my favorite movies. It's comfort food. I, I love that movie. Cash. I almost started that when I watched Vertical Limit. Oh! <laughs> but I chose raw. I chose poorly, Mark. Yeah, because, yeah, I, I love... The burst makes me laugh. It's so I good. Just, I, it's so great. damn good. Uh, 2008. Taken. I put this on because I had to clean my garage. And so I was like, I'm going to put a movie on while I work. That's a, It's Cash. The beginning and end of that movie is silly. Like, you don't need the beginning... The, the singer, you know? Mm-hmm. And then... You cut the you cut that out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't need we don't need to know uh, that Brian Mills uh, is good at his job because he saved you know uh, Ariana Grande. Like, like we get it. <laughs> he, the the speech gives us everything we know. And then for his daughter to come back and like great, he's reunited. She he reunited her with his mother or with her mother. And then we get this extra scene of like, and I'm going to teach you. Uh, I've set up private singing lessons. I was like we, we don't need we just don't need that little sting. And I believe in Taken 2 and 3, she's not a singer. She doesn't go on to become a singer. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't think there are any... I don't think I've seen Taken 3, but I don't think there's any illusion singing in 2. Yeah. Uh, okay. And then I did... I, I also got in my uh, my little podium of movies. I did a little Brian De Palma marathon. Triple feature. Okay. Uh, I was at Subway... And these two dorky, you know, subway workers, you know, high school kids, maybe out of high school, but they were, they just kept saying Tony Montana in a bad Tony Montana accent. And then the guy was like, sorry, do you know that movie Scarface? I was like, yeah, I've seen Scarface. <laughs> He's like, yeah, oh man, this movie's so good. I was like, yes. Yeah, when I was your age, I also really liked Scarface. I don't know if it holds up. And he's like, yeah, I mean, I've just been on a big mob kick, but, like, Scarface is so good. And I was like, cool, man. And I got my sandwich. And I was like, I should rewatch Scarface. But I was like, I'm not going to rewatch Scarface. I watched. Against Mike's recommendation, based on Trash or Cash, I watched The Untouchables. And let me tell you, Mike, it's trash. <laughs> I, I, I liked it, but I was like, man, this is not as good as in my mind I thought it was. Um, yeah, okay, this is tough, because I also watched 1992's Raising Kane. Have you seen that? I've not seen... It's John Lithgow. It's, it's a horror movie. Based oh, no, I have not seen this. Directed by De Palma. Uh... It's also 
trash, but John Lithgow is giving such like a fun performance, and it, because it's horror, and so it kind of lends itself to maybe like being like more like B movie versus The Untouchables, which is like supposed to be like this historic, re you know kind of tale. Even though man, Untouchables it's so cartoony. Yeah, like like man, this is. This is silly. Is this Dick Tracy? I'm right. Watching? Yes. Yeah. It felt very Dick Tracy-ish. Yeah. So I think I put Raising Cain as in the silver spot above the Untouchables, okay. even though I think maybe pound for pound, like start to finish, Untouchables maybe better executed movie. I just enjoyed Raising Cain more, uh, even though I can like that's a silly movie, but you know it's horror. It's John Lithgow giving like this. Yeah, he's the lead of the movie. He's you give it a little leeway. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because of the genre and you yeah. know. Uh, but number one, this was a no doubt about it. This is my first time watching this movie. Blowout. Have you seen Blowout? No. Oh my. This, this is, I think this is a Mike movie, except. Added to my watch It's list. not in black and white, but it's, it's a noir. It's a noir political thriller. John Travolta plays a movie sound guy who perhaps while out recording, um, ambient noise captures a, uh, political assassination uh, attempt. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Blowout. Uh, yeah, I, I dug that. It, it, that's a good thriller of a movie. Um, 1980s Travolta? Ni- yeah, 1981. Oh, Blowout. man. Even the freaking poster looks awesome. Yeah, I just... Uh, you know, it, it feels dated a little bit. You know, just... I, I don't know how if I love De Palma the director, like what he chooses to do visually, and all that, but the story itself and like that you're in and Travolta's really good. It's a it's a good and I I just love like that. Man, it's a political like you're up against the government or like you know like conspiracy like, and you're just like man, there's just there's nowhere to turn in this. Added it to my watch. All right. Uh, I think it's streaming on Hulu. I'm super stoked to watch it. I will. I, I got. Will be I, watching I got this. the Blu-ray. If you want, if you want, you know, nice crisp uh, picture. If you want to walk out with that. My TVs are all good. It don't matter. <laughs> uh, but I might. Yeah, and then that's it. So that, that's that's all I got. Uh, and then we did watch two other movies. We are starting uh, rom-com month. Rom-coms featuring a British person <laughs> above the title. Uh, we watched Bridget Jones's Edge of Reason, the 2004 sequel to 2001's Bridget Jones's Diary. Bridget Jones' Diaries, uh, it stars Renee Zellweger, Colin Firth, Hugh Grant. Uh, a chaotic Bridget Jones meets a snobbish lawyer and he soon enters her world of imperfections. Bridget Jones' Diary, health warning, adopting Bridget's lifestyle could seriously damage your health. Was this your first time watching Bridget Jones' Diary? It was. What'd you think of Bridget Jones' Diary? I, my, my quick review is, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Started, I thought it started clever. Mm-hmm. Finished so slow. Such a drag. I barely made it. I could barely get through it. I agree with you. I thought it was okay. I... Watching it, I was like, oh, okay, I get why, I get why there's, like, this, like, why there's people who really like, like, the Bridget Jones character. I get why there's, like, a, why people like this character, Bridget Jones. She's, she's fun, she's quirky. 
it just felt so everything else about it was just so like plain like the like eh, like watching it and kind of getting what this movie was about or like the like her okay this is her diary she narrates this she kind of has this like fun like she, like she has a humor like a self-deprecating humor that she does in her narrations and everything i was like oh this if this was directed with like somebody who maybe a little more whimsical like maybe like but otherwise it, it looked very just plain and it really kind of just seemed like a safe rom-com yeah and, and i i lo- i really like the the diary and the narration yeah. stuff but there's a point in the movie like they kind of get out of out of it Mm-hmm. And that's like the changing point for me. They quit doing as much, and somehow they turn, they make a ninety-minute movie feel like two hours and ten minutes to me. Uh, the last, the last half hour was torture. Yeah, and and I don't know if it was supposed to be funny, but the fight scene would not end, and I. I would have jumped into the screen and beat the shit out of both those guys. That was my favorite part of the movie was the fight scene because I was just like, "Yeah, this is great!" Like he's a lawyer, he's like a book, he's a book editor or whatever he is, or and like they're like they're fighting for this woman's honor, but neither one of them has ever been a fight in their life. So it just keeps going. It went too long. Going and going. It might come up again in the sequel, but I I liked how it started. I liked when they're in the street and they're just like they're gonna fight and then they they just take their stances. And they get kind of charge at each other. I was like, "That's great." And then when, it, when once they go into the restaurant, even I like that too. They're just like, "Oh, part of me." Part yeah, of they're me. in a wedding party or yeah. whatever. But then maybe they come back after. I was like, "It does seem to go a little, a little long." But uh, uh, part of the trivia, that was not choreographed. <laughs> that was improvised by the uh, by the by the two actors there. Clearly, yeah, clearly. Yeah. I liked, um, yeah, I like I, I, the character Bridget. I like, you know, it's, it's, it's a fun lead for, like, a rom-com. I like the character. I think Renee Zellweger was fine. Yeah, and he was good. I think Hugh Grant played his part fine. Colin Firth played his part fine. Oh, I actually, like, call, uh, Hugh Grant, I think, is really good. That's just, like, this, like, like swarmy, like, he was, like, full in, like, his, like, just, like, in his zone as like, this character it's like man you get like this guy's like charming as fuck but like he's just a little slimy yeah uh yeah, he was good and then like, Colin Firth like he he's mastered the like uptight you know yeah and, and well, yeah and we can talk about the second one sure. but it, the, the second movie made his performance in the first movie stand out more to me yeah uh 25 million dollar budget Grossed 182 million dollars, 80 percent on Rotten Tomatoes, based on on 162 reviews. Though there was controversy over the choice of casting Zell Wedger's Bridget Jones. Oh, wh- while there was controversy over the choice of the casting, Zell Wedger's Bridget Jones is a sympathetic, likable, funny character, giving this romantic comedy a lot of charm. Is Renee Zellweger? Or Widger, I don't know how to pronounce it. Yeah, I've never. Is known. she British? She's she's an American. She's actress. American. Yeah. Okay, that's the controversy. That oh, she, okay. she's an American actress. This is based on a series of books. Um, that I guess is like a beloved series of books, and you know that you're not casting a British person that you know they went with American. Um, but she's good, and I think she was nominated for this. Uh, and I think her accent's pretty good. I mean, I'm I'm an American. Yeah, I mean, I, I asked, is she British? I mean, it seems Hugh Grant came to her defense was like I didn't know she was American because in order 
because she was doing an accent, she just kept it on throughout the whole filming. And then at the end, turned back. I think she's from like New Jersey. Turned back to her American accent, and he's like, "I had no idea, no <laughs> idea that she that she was uh, yeah, I, she wasn't British." That's why I asked. I wasn't sure. And he's an expert, Hugh Grant, on being British. Yes, he is. Yes, uh, that's that's why this movie qualifies. <laughs> it's for him. <laughs> Huge financial success, critical success. We and it's based on a series of books, so we get a sequel three years later. Bridget Jones: The Edge of Reason. Uh, all three are back. Uh, three actors are back. Uh, this time, Bridget Jones is becoming uncomfortable in her relationship with Mark Darcy. Apart from discovering that he's a conservative voter, she has to deal with a new boss, a strange con- uh, contractor, and the worst vacation of her life. Bridget Jones, The Edge of Reason, same Bridget, brand new diary. Um, after watching Bridget's own diary... Did you were you like there's more to her story that I need to see? No, I I didn't care yeah. at all. It's uh you know so with rom com sequels, you can always make a sequel because it's like built into the story. It's like because rom coms are about two people coming together and then the movie ends. So you go, well yeah, I guess the sequel would just be what happens next. Mm-hmm. But you also don't get a lot of rom com sequels because I think the most exciting like the thing we want to see as a like a movie audience is. We want to see these people come together. Will they? Won't they? Yeah, like yeah. oh, and so that. But it's like, well, if you're gonna make a movie about the sequel, then that just means that these two people we were rooting for to get together have to have some sort of, um, you know, controversy in the relationship. And I don't want that for Mark Darcy and and Bridget Jones, because uh, otherwise you wouldn't have a movie. It would just be uh, them them happy. Yeah, <laughs> that's so fun to watch. Um, what worked for you with uh, Bridget Jones, The Edge of Reason? Um, I, I like Colin Firth again. Yeah. Um, I think I was, I was curious on like how his portrayal of that role would be in the second movie. Yeah. How it evolves. Almost identical. And so it made me appreciate him in the first one more, Uh um, for the consistency of this kind of, I don't know the, the, the description, but. Um, aloof individual in yeah. a way. Yeah. Um, and so I like that. Um, uh, good uh, good continuation of the theme, I guess. Yeah. The, the diary, the narration. I like a good narrated movie. I mm-hmm. always have enjoyed a narrated movie. Um, yeah, I like that. I like those parts yeah, of it. There's good, there's some good parts of like their, I think, when this movie is, like, sincere about their relationship, I think that's what I enjoy the most. The scene where she... They're waiting on the pregnancy results. I like that. It just seemed like a real moment. It seemed very real, yeah. Yeah, and then, like, you see that, like... I was like, man, like... They're both so excited, and then you... Like, how they just... The air gets taken out of the room as they're having this fight, and everything. Like, those seem real. There are other parts that I think kind of hurt the movie um yeah i, I like Colin Firth. i like you know i didn't feel like um i noticed like a big step down from like any of the performances no they're all pretty yeah all, you know because it was the sequel you're like oh man did someone cash it you know just cash check yeah cash yeah. check mail it in this uh so you know, before we go too much further with what we liked 40 million dollar somewhere between 40 50 million dollar budget 285 million dollar at the box office so still a big financial hit only 27% on Rotten Tomatoes based on 157 reviews 
Critical consensus reads, is a predictable continuation to the Bridget Jones story with too much slapstick and silliness. Um, so in that, you know, no one criticizes the performance, but yeah, like this is the problem with like rom-com sequels is like, where do you go from like the rom-com story? And it's yeah. like, well, you gotta break them up, you gotta, you know, create something. Um, I like that a bad fight scene happened again. That more continuations, like, um, uh, to me, a more realistic bad fight. Yeah. Because in the first one, they were actually throwing a few swings. Uh-huh. When you got two guys that have never been in a fight and don't know how to fight, no one's throwing a punch. This was far more realistic to me. I don't know. In the first one, Hugh Grant does this like full body jump thing and like slap. Uh, that's how he starts the fight. I believe like they're kind of pacing. He just like. Almost like throwing his knee at him, but then slapping him. Uh, that's great because <laughs> that's what you know, he's protecting his he's protecting his sure, his sure. midsection uh, by curling in a ball, but making that an offensive move. I thought that was not choreographed. That's a choreographed move. <laughs> that's that's a that's how you grab fights. <laughs> just balled up. I, I yeah, um, that, I, I did like that. I like you know the ending just little and, and to that joke of trying to drown him in the fountain. And, and one of the. I like the negative in the Rotten Tomatoes mm. description is my positive. There, the the more there's more slapstick in this movie. There's more comedy to me. Yeah. Um, and I did I did like that. Um, and another positive to me is like you talk about a rom com is two people coming together. Yeah. Well, I always the first movie just made me feel like Colin Firth is just post and he's not sure. moving. And it's Bridget Jones that's trying to close in on something. Yeah. This movie did feel more like two people fighting for each other in a weird way. Yeah. Um, that is true. Because you, you do see... I mean, using a rock right... Uh, you, you, so, like, Bridget is, like, uh, a flawed character who has to learn something about herself in order to, like, you know, get what she wants, right? It's basic story, right? Conforth is unmoving. <laughs> Yeah. Other than what we think we know about him is that he's a cheater, which wasn't true. So he's just the exact same guy throughout the whole thing. This, there does seem to be growth not only from Bridget, but from Mark Darcy, too. Is that he's growing as a character, too. So he actually gets a little more yeah. to do in this. Um, see, I, I kind of agree. Like, the slapsticky stuff, and I'm more just kind of thinking of Bridget and how much she has. she's, like, humiliated by falling in this. I was like, that didn't work for me. I like the more witty, like, jokes in her character, which I think there was far less of it in this one than there was in the first one. But, you know, when, uh, when, the, uh, when Rebecca kisses her and then they pull away, she's just like, thank you for that. <laughs> still, still men in general. Right, like, yeah. I like, 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 that's Bridget's character, like, right? Awkward and quirky and funny. Um, I just think there was less of, like, well-written replies for her to say in this one. And then we it was just like, oh, well, she, she falls in pig shit or she fell down skiing. I was like, eh, I can do without that. Yeah, so, some of the physical comedy was the, Yeah, the physical stuff where yeah. it was like just kind of she's the butt of the joke because she falls over a lot. Uh-huh. Yeah, just, that stuff didn't work for me. Um, yeah, what... So, yeah, we have to go. What, what, what else didn't, didn't work? Um... I mean, like, I'm going to be honest, I liked two better than one. Okay. And what, I mean, more things worked in two for me. 
Um, but things that didn't work, gosh. I don't know. I, I, two things where I was just like, so one, I, I, I you know, her fall, the, the, the falling and just how often she was just kind of like, some of it was okay. Like when she goes to make her big speech to, to Mark Darcy at the end and, you know, she's in the draft, it's looking good. And then the puddle comes, you know, hits her like, okay, that's fine. Um, I love the scene with the cab driver. The, where she's changing clothes. The end, right, right before, right before the puddle. Yes, yeah, I, I like love that. The scene with the cab driver. Yes, I like that. Um, but there were, like the Thai prison that didn't work at all for me. I, I like the Thai prison. I thought, and it's maybe I just like more sense of like the bad Asian, you know, not getting the lyrics to Madonna and doing that off tone singing. There was definitely some bad stereotype things yeah. going on, and that for did, sure. And that was just like. When did, when did, uh, what was it called, Breaking Dawn, or when did that uh, Claire Danes movie come out? Was that right before this? Oh. <laughs> I just kept thinking of that. Right. I was like, and then as I'm watching this, I'm like, should I rewatch that? Is that Cash? Is that Trash? <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking about that movie the whole time. But that, that for me, I was just like, yeah, this is kind of bad Asian stereotype. Um, but that, 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 you're right, that, yeah. That's bad, but within that scene is to me the golden nugget of the movie uh, because the, both these movies are just like about overcoming insecurity. Yeah, like, she's the most insecure person on the planet. Yes, and that I mean, that's, and yeah. and that's the thing. And so you're like, okay, well, she's insecure about this, she's in, but yeah. so fucking shallow and just like, but in that moment where she's like, the woman next to her is like her husband, you know. Turned her out onto the street. The woman, the other woman next to her, is like, like being forced to work. Yeah. All you know, and then she comes. She has that realizing, like, oh, uh, maybe my shit's not that bad. Yeah. I yeah. I, the real is yeah. Her getting freed and then having that like that's actually that's probably like the nice. That that's a good one. And it's the Bridget becoming, and then she has it again where, <laughs> the movie's also kind of like weirdly paced. For me, uh, so she has this moment, and then she goes and finds uh, Mark Darcy, and then Rebecca's there, and then it's once again, like, I feel like she falls right back into, like, oh, yeah. well, he's having an affair, or, like, you know, he's with this woman, and then that lot, that part of Rebecca being in love with Bridget, I was like, that felt unearned. It was... <laughs> they just threw that at him, and yeah, then they tried like... to make it, make, they tried to fool, they tried to gaslight me, Mike, by showing me <laughs> clips of her making a face throughout the movie. I was like, nah, man, I've, I've been watching the same movie. Like, you weren't indicating that this woman loved Bridget Jones. Not at all. <laughs> um, yeah. But then I do, then I do, the end, I do like the end of it where, you know, they, they get back together and it's like, hey, we're two flawed people, but we can make this work. Though, timeline-wise, just as, as you know, man, about the same age as Bridget, a little older than Bridget, like, I've been there for eight weeks, man. You you were kind of pushing. You were thinking marriage a little too, a little too hard here, Bridget. Let's let's pump let's pump the yeah, brakes here. Yeah. Slow down. <laughs> Slow down a little bit. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, anything else? Good, bad. I mean, it's just, it, and it follows the pattern that the final act is just too long in both these movies. 
It, it really is. That's what I'm about the weird pacing. Yeah. Where, like she gets out of prison, and then we have the scene with Rebecca. Yeah. Then we have another like. Just it's like there's four acts. Yeah. I I could do without her friends, honestly. Like speed. <sighs> plus, toxic friends. They're toxic. They're leading her. They're fe- they're yeah. feeding into her insecurities. They're not good friends. There's some funny friend things, but. But it really doesn't add anything to the movie. Yeah. Um, other than we get her friend going to... Puts her in the Thai prison, right? Right. So, and then but, they have to tell her that, no, he may he may have said that he wasn't... He was just know, the messenger. He was just the messenger, yeah, but, but yeah, you need someone to explain. That could have been Rebecca. Yeah. Rebecca could have just been like, oh, what? no, Mark did all... Like, you know, he, this he is what he did. Stuff. He did yeah. this and he did... Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, and then it just goes on. He proposes... Then we're at another, like, it's her parents' yeah. wedding. It's just like, you could have just, I don't yeah. It, it does feel the drag. The ending dragged a little bit. Uh, I had to pause the movie. I think it was right after she got out of the Thai prison. I paused it. I was like, oh, i got to run run upstairs. And I paused it, you know, it tells you how much time you have left. I was like, how the hell do I still have 30 minutes left <laughs> in this movie? Like, no, like, we should be, we should be bringing this home. And then you, you had your, you had your potty break. You came back, like, okay, 30 minutes left. Yeah. And I was Damn. watching on a freebie, so there was a commercial. Yeah, I was on And then you get back, and then finally, and you're like, I thought they said we only had 30 minutes. I was like, an hour. Yeah. <laughs> Both movies felt entirely too long to me. Yeah. I, I, I was kind of into, like, the first one probably more, the beginning of it, you know, Christmas and all that, the party, and, you know, her relationship with Hugh Grant. I was more into the the pace of that, and I was like, okay, I'm into this, and then it, then it started to hit that drag for me. And then same like the beginning, I was like, okay, yeah, she's she's with she she's madly in love with Mark Darcy. She has this job. It took too long to introduce, I think, the conflict. Like they introduced like Rebecca's character earlier. It was like you got to introduce Hugh Grant earlier into this movie because it took too long to get to that, which is really what I think is like the plot of them. Like that's the concept is like she has these two men to choose from. Yeah, and it just. It, it just drug and then we get to Thailand and it's like this is just taking too long um would you like to see you've seen them both now would you like to see a sequel to Bridget Jones The Edge of Reason I are you curious how it works out for these two crazy kids I I'm not even knowing there is one I'm not so what if I told you there was <laughs> Bridget Jones's baby which I that so this was my first time seeing Diary and Edge of Reason I saw Bridget Jones baby first um I was very confused. <laughs> uh, like, I was like, I get it. But, you know, like, when, when characters from her past keep showing up, I'm like, I'm there's something here with these people, but I, I'm losing something. But, I mean, do you get it now? I need to rewatch it, probably, because, um, I mean, can I spoil something? Sure. It's not, Hugh Grant's not in it. Oh, shit. It's, um... It's uh, the guy from Grey's Anatomy. Does he play Hugh Grant's character? No, no. He, okay. he just plays like another love interest. Okay. I think from her past. But I think he's supposed to kind of take that Hugh... No, because he's he's actually very... Yeah, and then I want to say like she's not with Mark Darcy in it. So whatever happens between Edge of Reason and Bridget Jones' baby, they're not together again. Crazy. And then I think she has a... Then she gets a baby, and then these two guys... Uh, they're not quite sure who the father is. I'm 
halfway interested there now, might Mark. be a bad fight scene but now it's <laughs> Colin Firth versus uh, what's that guy's name Pat- Patrick Dempsey I'm I'm halfway interested yeah. at this point but but no I, I don't think I am like you're not jonesing I'm not right? jonesing for a, yeah. a third jones yeah. to you they live happily ever after yeah they're, yeah, they're good They he proposed they're gonna get married down the line they're good good go um, Moved to like French Polynesia or something. So this was 2004. Now, the, the baby, Bridge Zone baby, that was like, I don't know, 2012. I don't have it written down, but it was like in the teens. Are we ready for a remake? Yeah. Yeah. We are. I don't know if the Bridget J- Hive's going to come after us, but yeah. I, I agree with you because. I think that the character is a good character, and I think there were flaws with both movies that, like, if you redid it with, like, another director, not that Renee Zellweger was bad, but now you get, like, a fresh face in there, I think you could make this, like, a fun, with, you know, with her narration, and did two do a lot more with, like, stuff happening on screen, like, like the animations happening on screen? I feel like that was more, like, two did that a little bit more. Um... I still remember happening a one where like something would happen and like an animation would happen on the screen. I don't. I don't feel like it was like an obnoxious amount. No, because I can't think of anything coming to my mind. Well, see, but yeah, so if like someone like kind of leaned more into like, oh, a lot of this is like not in her head, but like we're we're in her thoughts, and so you could do a lot. Like, yeah, I just think like a better direction in this. I I'd like to see it. Yeah. Um, a little artistic license on it and you know what hey hey well, hey how about we get this right we hire a Brit <laughs> uh, I, I, I can't well, I was thinking about this question I was like as soon as soon as I was watching the movie I was like oh you need to kill this Florence Pugh like she looks like a Bridget Jones and then my old standby Regina King you get either <laughs> one of those to like remake this print money yeah um, or there are there there's we just don't hear from them because you know they're not as angry as like uh, you know the Ghostbusters fans of being like you'll ruin my job but maybe there's like there is a group of women who are just like you will ruin my early twenties yeah because I love Bridget Jones um, I'm saying you know what's a her let's, let's take another pass at it I bet there's more than three books yeah I mean I I, I think it is I think it, it is a good candidate for a remake yeah. Um, what character would you most like to see a spinoff though from the Bridget Jones verse? I mean, the Diary verse. I'd like to see like like her TV her producer at Good Morning Britain or whatever sit up British uh, that guy mm-hmm. always trying to like get laid and and shit. Yeah. I'd like to see his his come up into that position i yeah he he, he was just maybe he, a, maybe a movie about him like producing a, a hit sitcom or something what if it's um it's a movie about him but it's like that uh fox uh fox news movie like bombshell where it's about the sexual harassment case that's brought <laughs> finally brought to light about him yeah um yeah or yeah he, he gets out of sit up britain and goes and like now he's gonna try to be a showrunner um I didn't know if this qualified because I, he might be in too much of the movie. 
Hugh Grant's uh, uh, Dan- Daniel's uh, travel show. Oh yeah, yeah, no, that'd be fun. That, I mean, that's not a movie, man. It's just a travel show. Yeah. I don't know. I was like, do I, is he is he too snooty, or could I get down with like him? I kind of feel like for a good like travel show, the guy's got to be a little like Anthony Bourdain. Like he he had a little arrogance to him, but that you yeah. you need that. You need a guy to kind of tell you what's up. Yeah. And so maybe like he'd be perfect for this. Like he's kind of an asshole. Arrogance like, or confidence. Arrogance, yeah, yeah. yeah where you're just kind of like watching this guy's like. Man, okay. Yeah, I feel like you're giving me the lowdown. But if he's in too much, her friend who had the one pop single. Oh, that'd be good. But it's like, so it's a music biography. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a good one. Yeah, yeah. We, do we get to hear the song? No, I don't think so. We never hear the song. So like, yeah, like yeah, that'd be a good one. Yeah, that'd be a good one. <laughs> um, what do you think of the title, Bridget Jones: The Edge of Reason? I don't. I'm not sure. I understand it. Yeah. Um, She's unreasonable, I think, through a lot of this I'm, movie. I'm okay with it. Yeah. But I don't... I'm not sure I really understand the subtitle. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm okay with it, but I don't get it. <laughs> through the first... Like, that's her character, right? Like, she's a little unreasonable. Because because of her insecurities. Because, you know, let's go... Uh, yeah, Edge of Reason. Um, and they also... Because the first one's Bridget Jones's Diary. Then the third one's Bridget Jones' baby. This doesn't have like that um, ownership quality of like Bridget Jones is. It's Bridget okay, Jones yeah. colon the edge of reason. Yeah, there's not the possessive. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I don't know if I love it. Well, hard to say. Bridget Jones. I have a hard time with Bridget Jones. That's a that's a that's a tough name. Yeah. Bridget Jones. Maybe just the name Bridget. Brid- Bridget is a hard name. I did enjoy the bee shit joke. That, that was enough. <laughs> Uh, do you need to watch the first one to understand the second one I think you absolutely do yes I I really unfortunately yes she kind of gives you a recap but you you need more yeah Yeah. I think if you hadn't seen it the recap you would just not care about right at all yeah Um, you also need because if, I think I think if you jumped in this cold, you were just like, why are these two people together? They do not seem like yeah. they like each other at all. Yeah, exactly. You need that first one to understand like who Colin like his character and her character and like why why they work. Um, yeah, and you need to see that fight scene from the first one to understand like the fight scene, <laughs> how they've improved as grapplers. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Was that Roman Greco? <sighs> there's the second one. I mean, he gets him in like a full, like, like no, kind of like a double underhook at one point, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, when he's like chasing him through, they have to like part through the, you know, the, the people and he grabs them. Um, all right. You see, I think you've already given it away, but if, if, you, if you had to watch one, which one are you going with? I, I would watch the second one. Uh-huh. Um, but I would if if you're looking for a suggestion and you haven't seen the first one, you gotta watch the first one yeah. before you watch the second one. But I did enjoy the second one more. I found it lighter and and the comedy brought me into a drudgery of a film. Uh-huh. I think where the first one was just pure drudgery. So yeah, yeah. I I think I I think I like the if I had to watch if you're like yeah you gotta put on a Bridget Jones it might be Baby, but that doesn't it doesn't qualify. So I think I think I would go with the first one. I, th- I think I just prefer the story of like 
you know, you're gonna do a rom com. Let's let's do let's do the, the the romance and the comedy and have Bridget Jones you know get her man. Um, sure. Yeah, and finally Bridget Jones's Edge of Reason. Did we need it? No, not at all. Not 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 at all. Yeah, yeah. I I think it's something. <laughs> you know, I think there's the reason that as I researched what to do. For the next movie, I was like, yeah, you don't get a lot of rom-com sequels because I don't think they're very successful because, yeah, you still want to see, yeah. I think now you're kind of scraping for story, you know, trying to manifest, I don't know these are books, but yeah, you're trying to like manifest story and, yeah, it just didn't work. You just kind of got more of the same with the first one and I think we're okay with just the first Bridget Jones and her diary. Sure. And, and it works, just... I know they, There's a physical diary. Do we even see a diary in the second one? Yeah. Okay, there is a diary. Yeah. Okay. It is funny that, like, this was a... Because the, the question I always think about it, and I, and this one, I'm like, I did like a second one. Right. But no, we did not need we it. We didn't need it. Yeah. Um, it could just been the mood I was in when I watched it. Yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I liked the first... The first one, I was like, yeah, this is okay. But for his... I don't know. Well, what I hear about Bridget Jones, like... I don't know if this is a great rom-com, though. I don't understand the the popularity of it. Right. I don't get that. And not that I hear a bunch of people talking about it all the time, but, like... Yeah, I told my wife, I was like, hey, we're doing Bridget Jones. She's like, oh, I love that movie. Man, I'm sure there's a... You know, I'm sure that there's, there's that sentiment a lot with... Pe- with yeah. Them. I mean, I, I, was like, I, I don't even care. I think a lot of women, especially, yeah. that they really like it. And I, I don't understand that, you know... Yeah. Why is it the Britishness? I, yeah, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. But maybe I, you and I are just probably not at all the demographic. Yeah, oh, demographic. I, was, I think like I'm. A, I I like rom coms. That that yeah. that's okay. I do think, but yeah. To your point, I think I think one thing that really people gravitate is the character Bridget. And I think maybe she's very relatable right. to women. Right. Uh, like, you know, like, she's a mess. And she's not, you know, she, she, I think the insecurities of Bridget and, like, her just trying to get, make it through her 30s. I, th- I think that's very relatable. Where, to me, I'm like, as a rom as a story, which is my entry point into, like, this genre, is like, I just want to see a good story and, like, have it be funny. I was like, well, there's, there's other, there's more movies I think of that are more romantic. There are other movies I think of that are funnier. But, yeah. True. Uh, people people love Bridget. They do. Which is why I was like, I don't want to be blasphemous and say let's remake it, but I think we can get even more Bridget. Sure, yeah. You know, let's, let's bring more Bridget to the people. Yeah, there you go. Bridget, Bridget Dunn's <laughs> yeah. Diary. Uh, I don't think we need a sequel. Check out the first one, if you, if you like, or check out this, you know, these, these are, I, I think, that was our, they're okay. I, I, think, I think they're okay. They're okay movies. They're okay movies. Yeah, I don't uh, think they're bad. But, you know, if you like Renee Zell, I think Renee Zell, she's giving a good performance. And, yeah, if, if you are more into that, like, I dig the character Bridget, I think, I think you like this. Yeah. Hugh Grant, great head of hair on that guy. <laughs> Just flowing hair. All right. Rom-com with a British actor. Oh, boy. So, you know, there, there's a lot. There's a lot. Of, I was trying to think, man, okay, Brits, like... Rom-com. So I was like, man, what's the most British movie I could think of? So I, I went, so actually, this series of books, the author came out and was like, oh, you know, Bridget Jones is kind of like a updated telling of Pride and Prejudice, Jane Austen. 
I found two movies based off Jane Austen books, which I guess this is like a novelization of the movie Clueless. Uh, I'm not too familiar with Jane Austen, but I'm, I picked the 2020 remake of the... 19, or, I guess, you know, they're both based off books, but remake of the 1996 movie Emma. I think okay. Emma. And these are both on Max. Okay. Now, when you're looking this up, be careful, because in 1996, there were two Emmas that came out. One was like a BBC production. That's not what we're doing. We're doing Gwyneth Paltrow. Gwyneth Paltrow's Emma is is the source material. That yeah, that's the one we're gonna do. Yeah, we're, I believe as I was looking this, that was the first American film adaptation of the Jane Austen novel. Okay. And then there have been other other movies based on that, but I'm picking the 2020 Anya Taylor Joy came out right before COVID. <laughs> So I don't know if anybody saw it, but I'm picking Emma. Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, I have not seen or read Emma. Are either of those uh, women British? Uh, I, I think I get in based on the Colin Firth. Uh, <laughs> the, There's a Brit in it. Yeah. <laughs> I believe the lead <laughs> actors in both are British. Anya Taylor Joy, I believe her she is British Argentinian is her nationality. I believe she was born in England. I don't know. She has a weird accent when you actually hear her talk. Yeah, she. There's does. something yeah, like that. It's an, it is an interesting. Yeah, because yeah, she's yeah. British Argentinian. Okay, and I think she spent time in in both. Uh, but yeah, and then Gwen Paltrow is an American actress. Uh, but and I want to say is Colin Firth in it? No, Ewan McGregor. So I get in based on the Ewan McGregor. Of it, and um, someone then, is in, someone British is in. Yeah, and then uh, the lead of the twenty twenty, uh, Johnny Flynn, is a British actor. So nailed it. Yeah, sorry, British ladies. I, I you guys have led many many a rom com, but I we now we we're going to do four movies with American actresses. <laughs> um, you know. Take, take take taking your uh, taking your spot. Uh, maybe yeah. maybe sorry if, I couldn't find anything with Kira Knightley. Maybe the theme is actually American, American invasion. Yeah, the American invasion. Yeah, that's probably yeah, but more apt. Um, yeah, so we'll do Emma. So until uh, then, it's been uh, don't be that guy. Guide to sequel remakes. Uh, yeah, just put another entry in the diary. Come on, Bridget, you must want to hear those ding dong bells.